The Twins lose to the Tigers. A winnable game at Target Field this afternoon. Let's break it down on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 25th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been writing at Twins Daily for over two years, been hosting this podcast for over two years. This is season four at Twins Daily. This is season three as host of the pod, and I'm coming to you, unfortunately, after a Twins loss. The Twins fell today. I thought it was a winnable game. The offense was not good in this series overall. You know, Max Kepler hit a grand slam in the first inning of this series. And, you know, for a majority of it, they didn't get anything going. And especially didn't get anything going with runners in scoring position. I will say Detroit has pitched extremely well this year. I mean, I think their bullpen is guy after guy nasty. I mean, their their bullpen's nasty. It's their clear strength. I talked about that last night. Their number one strength is their bullpen, and you don't want to get into a bullpen game with the Tigers because the Twins just don't have the arms to match, and you saw that today. I mean, the game got too long for the Twins. They needed to win that game earlier, and I thought they had chances to, but then they they load the bases in the 10th, and they're down by two runs. I mean, a base hit ties the game. Byron Buxton's on second, and uh, they couldn't break through. They couldn't even score one run, and I guess it doesn't matter if the score is 4-3 to three or 4-2, to two, but... They just didn't get it done with runners in scoring position for majority of the series. They won two out of three. I mean, they won two out of three games without really hitting all that well. They got some big hits in this series. They had the walk-off last night. I thought they might do it again today. Um, but overall, didn't the offense didn't really show up. And, of course, a big part of that is Byron Buxton. Like, where's Byron Buxton? He's hitting the ball hard. You know, you hear him say that after the, after the game. I would be much more concerned if he was looking – injured it's it's hard to tell it's hard to tell with anybody if they look injured but he's on pitches like it feels like he's just missing he's getting pitched tough he's seeing a lot of breaking balls he's got to adjust and come back and he will I mean I think Byron Buxton is a streakier hitter than we'd have hoped and I I said that last night as well he's streaky he's he gets in these stretches where he's the best hitter in the world and then he has stretches where he's not the best hitter in the world and I think what you might see if Byron Buxton does play a full season is those peaks and valleys when we've only really seen the peaks because when he's healthy, he's been so good for them. But because he's healthy now, or at least playing more often, you're seeing peaks and valleys that that weren't really there before because there wasn't a big enough sample size to see them. But with a larger sample size, he's going to go through it at times. And last year coming off the injury list, he had a stint like this where he wasn't very good. All it takes is one swing for him. He's one of those guys. Takes one connection, and he's back dialed in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been very good at the plate results-wise. He's hitting the ball hard. He's striking out a little bit. Um, it sucks. Jorge Polanco's got an ankle problem, which, you know, he's had an ankle problem for three years and has sat the last couple of games. Baldelli said he's not concerned about Polo's ankle, but anytime you see – soreness or an injury or anything related to a part of a player's body that they've already had surgery on 
you are concerned. Like that's, it's not a good thing to hear about Polanco's ankle, but again, we've seen it with him before. He's had ankle soreness and he hit 33 home runs last year. He's working through it. Guys are dinged up. Like guys, this is, this is baseball. Everybody's got guys who are dinged up. Uh, this lineup is not as deep without Jorge Polanco. And I think that was evident the last couple of days. He's someone, as you well know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I love to see up with runners in scoring position because I think he is a, the most professional of professional hitters in that spot with runners in scoring position, uh, especially in big spots, especially the last couple of years. Jorge Polanco has been nails with runners in scoring position. Speaking of nails, I thought Dylan Bundy was really good this afternoon. I mean, when he's commanding, and he was, and he's hitting his spots, and he's working quickly, and he's getting outs, he's good. Like, he's a good number four or five starter. When he's missing his spots, his margin for error is so small because his stuff is not there. He doesn't have a fastball. He doesn't really have velocity on his slider. He doesn't really have much at all in the way of stuff. So if he's not pinpoint with his command, he's going to get popped. And you saw that in Tampa Bay. You know, we saw what happened there. And that can happen to him when he's not right on. And he's been on point for a majority of the season. I mean, he's been a, a solid number four or five starter for the Twins so far, uh, save for a few stints where he gave up 15 runs and two starts in a row. Still wait and see mode on him, but he gave them a really good chance to win today. You know, went, I think, five and two-thirds. Jax came in to get that last out in the sixth, and, and Torkelson walked, and then he ended up getting that out. But Bundy was good. I mean, Bundy was... Anything, anything you could ask for out of Bundy, anything you could have hoped for, he was today. And for, again, a majority of the season, save for those two starts, he has been that guy. And it's still May, so two out of six starts. You know, it's not, it's not ideal that he gave up 15 runs in those two starts. But, again, I, I think Bundy has been overarching a pleasant surprise for the Twins. I was expecting this dude to get Jay Happed. Or Matt Shoemaker, uh, he hasn't done that so far, and you know a couple starts he did, but overall has not been Matt Shoemaker, Jay Happ. Still possible, you know, it's still early. We saw Jay Happ have a couple great starts, Matt Shoemaker have a couple great starts last year, and ended up getting um, you know blasted into oblivion. The Twins had to keep him in the rotation because they didn't have arms in the minors with injuries. Hopefully that's not the case with Dylan Bundy, but uh, he was very good today trevor larnick hit a homer let's talk about larnick man i've been high on larnick as you know if you've been listening for a long time let's talk about him after this word from linkedin with spring in the air it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally as your small business grows linkedin jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free create a job post in minutes on linkedin jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin did you know that post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown mlb that's linkedin.com slash lockdown mlb to post your job for free terms and conditions apply go to linkedin.com slash i'm sorry use the promo code lockdown mlb that's linkedin.com slash lockdown mlb 
Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I looked the other day at Fangraphs. Trevor Larnick was leading left fielders in defensive run save because he's gunned so many guys out and his arm has been so good in left field. But that's some fielding too. You know, he had seven or eight defensive runs saved as of the other day. I thought he was not good in that comeback win on Sunday over the Royals. I didn't think he was good at all. Terrible at bats coming off the injured list. And then today, I think Trevor Larnick, you know, with the home run he hit, just a monster blast. You see the power. I was at Target Field last year. The Twins were playing the Reds, and I was there with my little cousin, and Trevor Larnick hit a ball you know, as far as you'll see into right field and as high and deep as you'll see. And he hit one into the restaurant out there in center last year. Larnick has massive power, massive power. And this is why the twins love Trevor Larnick. His exit velocities in the minors are off the charts. He hits the ball extremely hard. There's swing and miss there. Uh, you know, some of what we said about Brent Rooker and Miguel Sano can be applied to Trevor Larnick in some ways where it's if he's if his strikeout rate is in the 25 to 28 percent range rather than the 30 percent plus range he's going to be a good major league hitter Larnick draws walks he hits for power he plays a good left field he's hitting lefties this year so far he's hitting to the opposite field had a line drive single up the middle today he looks good man I, I think Trevor Larnick can be a four-win player for the Twins. Like, I think he can be a four, four-and-a-half, five-win player. I think Trevor Larnick in his prime can be what Max Kepler was in 2019, almost to a to a point. 250, 260, 30-plus homers, a good on-base percentage, going to strike out more than Kepler did in 2019. Good on-base percentage, going to hit lefties a little bit like Kepler did in 19, actually hit lefties better than righties. I don't expect that for Larnick, but you, you catch my catch my drift like a 120, 125 OPS plus, 20, 25% above league average, good defense, 30 plus homers, and, you know, just a really good player. I think Larnick can be that guy. I was hesitant this offseason. It's so easy to just package Trevor Larnick in these mock trades because he was bad down the stretch last year. And that's true. But he came up and was so good that it, it stuck out like a sore thumb that he struggled. And, I think people were down on Trevor Larnick. I think people have overlooked Trevor Larnick in the last year. And I admittedly have thrown him into trade packages. I throw him into trade packages a lot of the offseason. Like Trevor Larnick and uh, Simeon Woods Richardson for Luis Castillo. Like it was always felt like I was seeing Trevor Larnick and I was putting Trevor Larnick into those deals. I think there's a reason the Twins didn't trade him. And I think, you know, I checked myself in the offseason and I reminded myself how talented of a hitter he is and how cerebral he is as a hitter. He knows what he's trying to do. You know, he is addicted to the craft. He is a pure hitter. I mean, Trevor Larnick, I think, is going to be a middle-of-the-order bat for the Twins. And I've said that for a while, and it sucked that he was so bad in the second half last year. And I I lost faith. Like, don't get me wrong. I was not on the Trevor Larnick train completely. I lost faith because he was striking out so much, and he was so easy to beat. He just looked lost. But then we found out had a hand injury. And as a hitter with a hand wrist like Kirilov or Larnick, it can really dampen your power. It can get in your head and it can impact you mightily as a hitter. I think it impacted Trevor Larnick. And I think you're finally seeing him healthy now 
what he's able to do at the plate, which is hit monster homers, hit to all fields, draw walks, really pose a threat as a big left-handed hitter in the middle of the Twins lineup. And I would say, offensively, if the Twins are lacking one thing offensively, and they're probably lacking if you know, they could always stand to get better. If I wanted them to have one thing like prominently at the top of my list, it would be a big left-handed slugger who, who hits right-handed pitching well and hits homers against right-handed pitching. Because what you have, you have Luis Arise, who's been terrific and is always going to hit right-handed pitching. He's a career 330 hitter against right-handed pitching. He's going to lash singles all over the field against righties. You have Jorge Polanco, who's a mix of an Arise and you know maybe a 2019 Kepler where he's hitting the ball to all fields, hitting for some power. I want a left-handed power first hitter, like an Adam Dunn type in the middle of this lineup. It's okay if he strikes out a little bit because this lineup doesn't strike out that much. You know, on the, you look at the numbers, look at the players in the lineup, Buxton's going to strike out. Correa doesn't strike out a whole lot. Urshela doesn't strike out a whole lot. Kepler doesn't strike out a whole lot. Polanco, you go down this list. I mean, Gary Sanchez is, Ryan Jeffers is. You still have guys who are going to strike out. Every lineup does. But I would love a big left-handed hitter in this lineup. And if it's Trevor Larnick and it comes from within, that would be amazing. Because I keep thinking at the deadline they need to go get another big bat, and preferably that bat is left-handed. Because I think against left-handed pitching, they're gonna they're gonna do well if they're healthy. Like with Buxton and Correa, you know, Polanco's done well against lefties in the last couple of years. Gary Sanchez has hit lefties, Urshela hits lefties really well. They're gonna hit lefties. I, I would really like to see a left-handed bat emerge, and I think it could be Trevor Larnick. Let's keep an eye on him because I think defensively, offensively, he could put it all together and have a true breakout, full breakout season for the Twins this year, which would, would be great. I mean, that would, that would be a big development in their path to the playoffs. And when you look at the American League, the Red Sox are playing much better baseball. We'll trade off a Red Sox sweep of the White Sox this weekend for – you know, them getting closer to being a competitor in the American League. If the Twins happen to not win the division at the end of the year, we'll take that because right now you're cheering for White Sox losses. My two favorite teams this year are the Twins and whoever's playing the White Sox. That's always true. And the American League, I think, is weaker than I expected. And maybe this is, happens every year and I should be less naive. I thought the Mariners would be better than they are. I thought the Tigers would definitely be better than they are. I thought the Royals might be a little bit better. You know, I think. These teams in the American League, the Red Sox, I thought they would be better than they have been. And that's great news for the Twins. You know, that's awesome for the Twins to be 27 and 17. You hear people buzzing about the Los Angeles Angels, as they should be. The Angels have played great baseball. They have the same record as the Twins right now, as we sit on this night, on Wednesday, May 25th. They still have to play. They have the same record as the Twins. So that buzz you hear about the Angels, you should also be hearing about the Twins. The playoff contention you're hearing about the Angels. You should also be hearing about the Twins even more so because even though the Twins have played a very light schedule, it's been a light schedule, they still have the 18th hardest schedule moving forward, like the 12th easiest schedule in baseball to the rest of the year. If they play 500 ball, they're an 86-win team. I don't, I don't think 86 wins is going to get them into the playoffs. I think they need to win 90. The American League for you know as weak as it's looked in the bottom half so far, I still think it's going to take 90 wins because the Rays will be there. The Blue Jays will be there. The Yankees will be there. The Red Sox, I think, will still be a 500-plus team. The Angels look good. You know, the Astros are going to be there. 
The White Sox will be there. So I, I still think the Twins need to win 90 to firmly be in the playoffs this year. Uh, but I think it's it's really possible to not only I think the Twins, not only do I think the Twins have a good chance to win this division, I think things have broken right for them in other areas. And that's trending back toward the median with the Red Sox. And I think the Mariners will play better baseball. But it's it's broken right for them in the division, in the American League. Their chances of making the playoffs, in my mind, since opening day, I thought they had a decent chance to make the playoffs, maybe 55, you know, 50, 55% to make the playoffs. And maybe that was on the optimistic end at the beginning of the season. For me, I think those have improved. I think I would put the Twins at like 65% to make the playoffs right now. I still think there's a chance, you know, the, the starting pitching, the big concerns about the pitching don't go away, that this, this rotation at, at one point, and they probably will at a period of the season, not pitch well as a group because they have as a group pitched extremely well to this point. I think there's obvious concerns injury around injuries with Byron Buxton and with Carlos Correa in the back and, and just things that you worry about on the injury front from guys who are hurt. Yohan Duran, who only threw 16 innings last year. There are flaws and there are concerns with this team. So I don't think that this is a by any means a slam dunk team. And if I've come across that way, it's not how I truly feel. I think that they have a, they put themselves in the driver's seat where they now control their own destiny through the end of the season. And you could say that before the season as well, like they control their own destiny. But now 10 games above 500, now you have nine games straight against the Royals and Tigers. If you go six and three in your next nine, you win six out of the next nine, you are 33 and 20, 13 games above 500. Then you have the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Yankees. Yankees just put Aroldis Chapman and Jonathan Loisaga on the injured list. They also put Giancarlo Stanton on the injured list. So maybe you're catching the Yankees in a downswing, but it's still the Yankees. I mean, they own the Twins. We know that. So to get 13 games above 500 going into that stretch would be great. It would have been awesome to win that game today because that would have been even more you know, doable to be 33-20. and 20. But uh, you can't win them all. The Twins have won a lot of series. They're 27-17. and 17. And now we'll get the Royals this weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Please like, subscribe, comment. Let me know what you think on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.